welcome to Insights. I'm Joe, I'm Marketing and Audience Development Officer at Payne's Plough. Um, this is the first of a couple of Ed Fringe specials that we're going to be doing while we're up here at the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, we're currently all sat around in our flat in Edinburgh, so it's a little bit um, unusual for us. Um, I am here with our new Artistic Directors of Payne's Plough, Charlotte Bennett and Katie Fosner. Hi guys. Hello. And with um, Dom, who is on our street team, just say hi, Dom. Hello. And with Dan Ward from Canary and the Crow, who has written and performs in Canary and the Crow. Yep. Hello. Brilliant. <laughs> um, so I was just going to go around and talk a bit about what we're all doing here. How has it been? How have these couple of past days been for you guys as the new artist directors? How's it been taking um, it on? I mean, I'd say we don't know our names anymore. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> what day of the week it is and eating lunch. I've just eaten my lunch and it's four thirty. Yeah, <laughs> quarter, to five. Um, quarter to five. Um, no, it's been really. I mean, it's so exciting to be yeah. taking it over uh, during festival season because there's such a buzz and there's such an amazing group of shows in there. Obviously, from Payne's Power Productions and also our visiting companies program, including the brilliant Canary and the Crow, which we can't stop quoting from <laughs> the house. Um, and it, yeah, it's just felt like a really energetic time, and the team are all incredible. And like watching the shows get up on time, yeah, usually, so and come right. down on time, you know, <laughs> it's just such a ball. It's like, yeah. yeah, so we're having a brilliant time, aren't we? So, yeah, oh, yeah. And do you know what else is really cool? It's, it's starting this job at yeah. this point in the festival where obviously we get to see how amazing our team is and everyone's working brilliantly. We also get to hang out and get to know you and get to know yeah. your artistic tastes and go to the theatre with you. And that is properly special and brilliant. Yeah. And I think that will create a real synergy for us um, and at Payne's Plough, uh, as opposed to kind of rocking up in an office and sitting at a desk. And of course we'd find that, but it would take longer. I think that's such a special opportunity for us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Katie and Charlotte made us an amazing brunch the other day. Oh my it was a so whole nice. new <laughs> experience so of a leadership. Brunch led leadership. Brunch led leadership. We should open that cafe. Yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. um, what have you enjoyed the most of while you guys have been here so far? What shows have you seen that you've really enjoyed outside of Roundabout? Yeah. Uh, we're not going to do too much say. promo on our own shows. So, yeah, the show we both yeah, loved, obsessed. obsessed with, is Burgers yeah. by Travis yeah. Alvanza at the Travis Theatre, various times at the Fringe, and they are just an amazing yeah. performer. It's, um, I don't, we don't want to give too much away mm. about what happens in the show, but it's just everybody should see that show if they have okay. a heart. <laughs> and we'll love it yeah totally and I know we're not allowed to promote Paints Plough obviously the Paints Plough show is brilliant but Canary in the Crow yeah. <laughs> just you go into that space and it is electric yeah. it is like the best vibe you just can't it's infectious and it gets in your body and it gets in your bones yeah. and it shakes it up and I love that yeah. yay <laughs> <laughs> do you want to tell everyone a bit about Canary in the Crow Dan um, yeah sure I mean it's about it's a, it's a grime uh, inspired gig theatre piece <laughs> that combines kind of like classical music uh, with some cellos and grime music and it's about uh, a working class black kid who gets accepted to a prestigious grammar school and how those worlds collide and it collides musically and there's fables and yeah it's like there's, it's about a lot of stuff actually it's a, co- it's a slight comment on the education system and the lessons that we take away from it yeah. um yeah and yeah, 
come on down. Yeah. <laughs> the last Possibly. line of that play is properly special. Yeah. 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 It it's stays with you yeah. for a long time, mm-hmm. but you have to come see it to find out what it is. <laughs> 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 and how did you get involved with Middle Child? I've known uh, Paul, who is the artistic director of Middle Child, since uh, drama school, 10 years ago. So I've known him for a long time. And I wrote this four years ago, and I sent it to everybody, and I got rejected from everybody. Um, but for some reason, I didn't send it to him, and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> and then I, I sent it to him, I think, last year, the beginning of last year, and he said, okay, yeah, this is great, and I'd like to develop it, so I'm going to invite you and, have, and another writer who actually is Frankie Meredith, who's just oh, going to be about to start. Yeah, so it was me and Frankie Meredith who went for a week to develop our plays, and after that we had a 15-minute sharing. Um, and then we went away, we redrafted and stuff. And then when I redrafted it, he said, actually, I'd like to take this further. And so in a year later, here we are. And that's yeah. how it kind of came about. So that's really nice. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, yeah I was just saying, the hype, the hype is real. When you see people coming out <laughs> of that show, they are so excited. It's, yeah, man, it's yeah, been, it's the phenomenal. response has been incredible, so. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and you guys, you had Daenerys. She took a badge as well. Seriously good merch from you guys this year. Yeah. It's been great. Well done, Jamie. Um cool. And Dom, do you want to talk a bit about what your role is within, well, within all this at the Fringe? What um, yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm part of the festival team. So uh, our job is to uh, promote the Paints Plough shows across Edinburgh. Um, but also uh, Joe and the team have very kindly asked me to be involved in the podcast. So uh, across the Fringe, we're going to be getting in uh, artists from not only Payne's Plough shows or visiting company shows, but from other venues to talk to them about <clears throat> excuse me, their own unique perspectives and how their work has come to exist in the space that it exists in currently. Yeah, great. Um, Dom is incredibly articulate and I'm really excited to hear him ask lots of people some exciting questions. <laughs> um, um, speaking about space, do you think there's something, Dan, about being within Roundabout with Canary and the Crow? Because I know you guys did this at Hull Truck, is that right? Yeah, we did it at Hull Truck and we did it at Latitude. Yeah. Um, and oh, it's just a great space, man. The space, like, because it's in the round and because everybody can kind of see everybody and everybody mm. can kind of, like, feed off, it just retains energy. It just yeah. retains space. It retains the atmosphere. So, like, it's just the perfect space for it. And it's just perfect space to play. And because... What part of what we do and what Middle Child try and do is be reactive um, and have a relationship with the audience. Mm, yeah. It's a perfect space to do that in as well because you yeah. you, you can see them <laughs> like, yeah. and you can like you can have that conversation. You can hear them. You can hear each other. So you can hear reactions and you can feed off that. Mm. Um, and so it's oh, it's just a, it's a great space. It was it's it's my it's it's my favorite space um, at the Fringe. So I'm really happy to be there. Sweet. Yeah, man. That's good to know. Have you been to the Fringe many times before? Only once, four years ago, um, I was up here with a play that was on at the other belly, Calgate. Mm. Yeah, mm. I've not been there yet this year. No, yes. yeah. Joe and I have just come from there. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Have you? Yeah. Did you say? Do our best. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, it's really yeah, great. Oh, yeah, that's on our list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Francesca, who's produced that, has also produced um, Baby Reindeer and 
uh, Square Go, which are both in roundabout. Look, we are promoting roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I was wondering what you guys think about things to do in Edinburgh that are not necessarily festival related. Uh, if you've had a chance to see any of that yet, where you like what you would recommend to someone who's up here at the fringe for the first time and is maybe a bit exhausted. Charlotte's got oh, a hand up. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say this. <laughs> Literally every day, me and Charlotte like, when can we have a massage? <laughs> <laughs> when can we go and book? Where's it massage? We had been in Edinburgh about ten, ten minutes yeah. and, um, and Kate started already Googling mass- and found a lady who comes, comes to your, your house. house. Oh my God. <laughs> she's like, cheap fans. Let's fuck yeah. her. Let's yeah. fuck her. So, she's on holiday this week. She's, yeah. Gassy. Sorry guys. Wow. But next week she's back in action. She's back. Um, Angela? No, what was her name? Can't remember. Alison, yeah. Um, and then somebody said to me last night, I can't remember who it was, but about there's an amazing fish and chip shop by, the, oh, who was it? Oh, it was Charlie. So she was saying there's, um, a fish, there's a place, oh, this is terrible because I can't remember any of the details, <laughs> but there's a place by the coast that you can go to and then there's an amazing fish and chip shop there. That's all I have to offer. I'm sorry, I can't remember. Well, if I was allowed my phone, I do have some alternative suggestions, but... Yeah. Sadly, phone is on silent. Phones are out. <laughs> <laughs> not allowed. Interference. But yeah, like things that just help you feel better and look after yourself. And yeah. obviously, that's you know, it's massages and things like that are expensive. But just to go for a walk, I've got a friend. Every day, he's getting up and he's walking to Arthur's seat, and he's like, "I feel brilliant for it." Yeah. And just drinking it in and just having that breath. Like the festival is amazing, but it can be really oppressive yeah. and intense. And I think just that space to go. Oh yeah, we, there, there is a world outside Edinburgh for August or call a pal. Like I've got a friend who messages me every day and goes, "It's Wednesday. Your name is Katie Posner. You're in the Edinburgh vortex, and you're okay." And actually, and it's happening daily, and I'm like, "Oh good." And it's not that it's not special and incredible here; it really is. But that little moments of reality, whether you can, whatever you can do, afford, be anything that makes you feel enlivened again, and know that theatre. Yeah, a special part of our life, but it's not Everything. the world. Yeah. Yeah. I also think you have to remember that Edinburgh is like a real functioning town. Yeah. Without, yeah. Yeah, without the Fringe Festival here, it's it, it occasionally feels like people are quite arrogant in their way of being like, ah, oh, I'm stuck in Edinburgh, all I've eaten is cheese toasties for the last week, when yeah. actually just like it's going and having city. a walk, it's a really beautiful city yeah. with really yeah. lovely people. And there's so much to see and experience year round. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a great open top bus tour that you can do as well. That's just like a touristy thing, but you go all through the town and yeah. that's meant to be really nice. Like go oh, up and go up to that part of town. And the museum, the Scottish Museum, it's wicked. It's like the History Museum and Science Museum in London all into one. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I took my daughter last year and I was like, whoa. This is cool. cool. It's really good. It's, it's really beautifully, stunning. beautifully uh, architecturally designed inside yeah, as well. It is. It's I'm really going to go there. Great. What are you going to do with your daughter when she comes up? Oh well, Joe very kindly has given me a list. Well, she's yeah, she's gonna go and see some plays. She's gonna go and spend some time in the park and probably go to the museum um, and just soak it in. Nice. Go and hang out in courtyards and draw pictures and hang out with PPT. Yeah, great. <laughs> Can't wait to have her in the office. And <laughs> <laughs> look out for Heidi on the what <laughs> she <laughs> there? Yeah. Fringe. Yeah. We'll get a really cool hair. Hair. Go on the street too. Oh yeah, does she? Do you want a five-year-old on your street? Too? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, yes, we do. <laughs> she's she got a look so well. that is like, yeah. She goes, she does. I'll do you my cute look. 
Sorry, you can't see this. <laughs> she does big eyes, so. Also, you can't you can't refuse a yeah, fly exactly. from a child. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, if you Dan had one piece of advice to give to emerging artists and companies like looking to make or develop work like beyond the fringe, if you do have any advice, do you have any advice on that? What would it be? Hmm. <laughs> uh, beyond what do you mean by beyond the, like well in, you, so you come to the fringe yeah, you, ha- yeah. you sell well maybe you don't have a sell out show but you mm. sell well what do you think what happens next in your experience oh gosh this is well to be honest this is my first kind of experience of this, uh, of this kind of like because this is the first time I've had a play uh, published myself yeah um, and it's the first time I've uh, been employed as a writer um, so I don't know if I know. I I I, I would say I don't know. <laughs> I'd can't, I'd could jump in there because yeah. before I went for Painter's Park, I produced for a company called Rash Dash for uh, four years, and so we brought a lot, quite a lot of shows to the fringe during that time, and um, and then obviously then tried to seek further life. And I'd say it's it's about kind of I think it's two things. One is that learning from performing at the Fringe every day in the same venue for a month, yeah. artistically going, okay, what have we made? And what the Fringe does is it's an amazing opportunity to, to repeat and learn about what you've made and then go, that's the thing we've made and, and do we want to develop that or does that exist as it is and we want to take that somewhere else? And I think then sort of just trying to invite people in, obviously it's so competitive and everyone mm-hmm. has their own agendas and all the rest of it. I'd say always capture it on film yeah. Uh, make sure that you try as if at all possible, even if it's like a, a GoPro camera, you know, a really cheap back of the room camera. It doesn't need to be really, really expensive. Yeah. Um, but I think that a lot of programmers um, would look at that and that would be enough for them to just get a real sense of it. Um, and then make sure that you create a really strong tour pack, which um, can be a mixture of images. And it doesn't, I think the thing is with the fringe, it's always very difficult is, is there's so much focus on reviews and you know, yeah. could, that's a whole other conversation itself. Um, but I think that it isn't, you, you loads of shows at the fringe, you don't have to have the five star views to then have future life. Of no. course it helps, but like this, if you've made something you're proud of and you want more people to see it, yeah. it's about sharing with all those people that you want to take it to, why you're proud of it and why you think more people should see it. And then in that, trying to get them to invest in it as much as possible. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I think that's really important what you were saying about five-star reviews not necessarily being the most important thing. Uh, on Travis Alabanza tweeted the other day about yeah. uh, burgers. Uh, there was a review that, well, number one, misgendered Travis, and they weren't happy about that, for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, but also they tweeted uh, a really poignant thing about the audience reaction being the most important thing because yeah. they are putting the work on for the audiences yeah. to experience their art and a sold out board or a five star review doesn't mean that something doesn't validate yeah exactly yeah. doesn't mean as much as the way that it makes someone feel yeah yeah we, we me and Charlotte have had a lot of conversations about this on our long walks home actually mm. and just about that how do you what 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 does it mean and how do you quantify success and you know would you rather the five star reviews or would you rather however many people in that room like standing up jumping around and having an absolute blast or something that has affected them and having that change and it's just and it's something that I was saying about maybe potentially writing something on Twitter and I was like oh is it too provocative but I feel like me and Charlotte are quite interested in writing a blog about this and like Mm -hmm. we'd love people's thoughts because 
just feels so it's so we're so conditioned the person sits in the seat and writes the review and then we go oh and that's and that's good or bad or whatever that is but um it's about what we feel about the world yeah, and yeah. Are, and about and audiences and that special experience that you're saying about roundabout as well mm. you see every single person in that room you know they're if they're in it because mm. you can see it and you can feel it and mm. that's a massive and success i would also say as well just on top of that in terms of like future live stuff which is really important to say is that we when i worked at sony theater before starting page cloud and i'd be a programming for our upstairs studio space and we would get a lot of people obviously interested in bringing the show there after the fringe and um Having a fringe first does not sell your run at Soho no. Theatre. Like it, it, it. To be honest, is sometimes makes a difference and sometimes doesn't. It's about mm. having a great show that has a buzz and that is right for that space in that yeah. venue. Yeah. So we would get a lot of people go, "Well, we've got this fringe first, so therefore we will sell out Soho Theatre." It just did never, ever, ever translate. Yeah. Um, and I think things that are important here <laughs> are not don't translate beyond that sometimes. Do you know what I mean? And so I yeah. think it's really important that if you don't walk away the fringe first or five star view or whatever that absolutely does not mean that it's the end of the road yeah I think there's something about theatre where people try and well pe- people do um qualify it quantify it as an art form mm-hmm. more so than any others and it yeah. doesn't translate with other art forms mm-hmm. if 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 you guys love metalcore yeah. and you go and see <laughs> yeah. metalcore People can understand that is your thing. Like yeah, I've got yeah. friends that like love metalcore, and I and I see that they're really into it. They love head bashing, and uh, when I'm gonna stand there and yeah. I'm gonna, that is not for me, but it works for them, yeah, you know. Yeah. And That's... and that is something that is really weird. I find sometimes with theatre where people understand that in other art forms you can experience something and it not be for you but still understand that it's for yeah. another demographic or, you know, somebody else, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so I always find it really, I, I, some, I, yeah, I'm a bit like, well, that's nice. Reviews are nice or, you know, whatever. But it, it's important that it reaches the people that you're trying to reach and they have the experience that you're trying to give them, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, it's also trying to then go, how do we like continue to share that message and how yeah. does that translate then into audience because even just meeting someone yesterday and they were going on and on about stars for this and stars oh I've heard that's not so good it's this star and I was just sat there going oh no like how yeah. do you change yeah. that or culture, affect yeah. that yeah, yeah just shift the culture on it and like yeah. that's, that is like a really big thing and it's hard and it is it's yeah. just that it's just so ingrained and it's the same for, for lots of different stuff mm. and they go to a restaurant it's you know, yeah. going to tell you what the stars are or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking, they're going, oh yeah, what do we do? How do we make change? <laughs> <laughs> we were having a chat Anti-stars next year. Anti-stars. Pay for this festival. So about Lynn Gardner, you doing, using Stage Door and the fact yeah, that she no longer great. gives stars. Yeah. Um, and a couple of magazines and newspapers have also stopped giving stars. Mm-hmm. And it's just I think that you know if a few more people move towards that then maybe that makes a bit of a difference and also Twitter is just the most democratic form of giving feedback for any which is why social media is so important as you're reminded because you're getting organic reactions from people who are giving their real thoughts on things I think that's something that we want to talk about on a future episode of this podcast is the role of criticism in this festival um, and the way it's a conversation that is being had I think a lot more this year uh, in terms of like sort of like you said 
should the critics who are engaging with the work, because of course criticism is important, it allows you to develop your art, mm. um, they should be the people who the shows are meant, who, who the shows want to see their show. Yeah. If it's a show by women for women, a mm. woman should be coming to see and criticize it and give her thoughts on it, mm. yeah. as well as other people as well. But like, it's important that the messages mm. of the shows are getting. I think it's a really big conversation because mm. yeah, it's so nuanced. But I, th- I do think that there's, I, I, I totally agree that a conversation is needed. And I know I can't remember who it is. Like, there was some, a review on Twitter. I can't remember. It was a man. Have you out there? Who no, <laughs> um, uh, puts something about I will defend. I will defend stars till the day I die or something like that as yeah. in having starvators and I didn't see why I, I, I just thought oh that's interesting and I've been really interested to know why like, yeah. I, I don't know how I, yeah. I, I think but I do think that it's also about the impact it has on people's mental health and I think mm. that's the thing that is really yeah. heightened here is, yeah. is you know and it's said every year and there's all sorts of stuff about it but it is such, such yeah. a slog and companies like Middle Child doing that brilliant initiative where they're supporting financially younger companies from Hull yeah. to have things like to have a well-being fund yeah, I believe amazing. it is it's amazing what yeah. an amazing why are we all not doing that yeah. they are setting an example yeah, completely yeah, yeah. and you can see the, the shows thriving as well because of that like yeah. Beachbody Ready which is at yes. the Pleasance I can't wait to that yeah just yeah, like I was great. talking to a couple of the girls who were in that the other yeah. day and you could see that just like they were flying for their show, which a lot of people find very demoralising, but they were so excited yeah. to talk to people about oh, the work that they were putting so on stage. Yeah, yeah. Tension because they were able to look after themselves exactly. in other ways. Um, yeah. They're your associates, aren't they, the guys doing Beach Body Ready? Is that true? The yeah. company doing it? Yes. Rowing girls. Yeah, rowing girls. girls are. I've got, oh. I've got a badge of them somewhere. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Around with it. Yeah, nice. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. I just want to say one small thing as well about um, the just touching on the critic... Uh, representing the people that they're trying to there is stuff there is stuff that I've and I'm talking about this from a playwright's perspective now Mm -hmm. there is stuff in my play that I believe and nuances that I believe that some demographics won't see or understand or experience there's stuff that's actually written in my play because they won't understand it Mm -hmm. and that is fine but it so it so it's it's an interesting conversation for example, I'll give you an example because it's easier to qualify it with an example. I've got something in my play. There's an IT lesson and the track, if you see my play, this will make sense, sorry. <laughs> and there's a track called Code Switch, right? Um, it's actually called Code Dot Switch. Um, and to somebody else, they might not understand that. But to a black person, they might be aware of what code switching is. Um, and it is an act of walking through society and changing your persona. Black people often talk about code switching. Um, there's loads of YouTube videos about it. Switching is to get angry. Like, so there are, there are nuances in my play that potentially people who haven't come from my background won't be able to pick up on. Um, and so that's also an interesting conversation when we're talking about qualifying nuance and, 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 and I, I wonder how important that is because at the same time, we want to have a big... I want people to have a good time. I want people to enjoy themselves. Mm. And if you don't... I'm not expecting people to pick up on everything. Mm. But I know that some people will pick up on more than others. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think that's what's so nice about having... I don't know. There's, there's something about not making a piece of work universal. There's, you can never make it entirely no, universal. You can't. I think having those different layers and the different... Those different like that different subtext... Mm. Um, and having work speak to different people in different ways, I think that's really important. 
I think what happens in your play is, um, I mean, take me for example, I can relate a lot to like the experiences that uh, personally like you and your character like go through in that story. Uh, and there's a lot in there that I know that other people would never kind of have experienced or will kind of be able to like kind of contemplate or even be aware of when watching that play, which is absolutely fine. Um, but I think it's kind of having that thing of there's like an overall message and there's an overall story and ultimately just because one person feels or interprets that experience in one particular way doesn't necessarily make that the only way that's right and mm -hmm. to receive criticism on that one person like to have that one person's interpretation as the thing that they put mm -hmm. out into the world and saying this is my thought and everyone kind of has to mm -hmm. you know take that yeah. in to be like, and, like I, and it's really weird because I, I'm not definitive in my answers myself. So, like, when people ask me about my, my work and stuff, I'm like, I don't know. And I'm comfortable with saying that. You know what I mean? There's stuff in my play that I don't know the answer to. I presented it as a thing. I don't know what it is. So, it's interesting sometimes if I read a review or something and somebody's very definitive and being like, this is what this, this, is what this means. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, cool. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Didn't know that myself. So, yeah, it's just an interesting conversation. Definitely. Cool. Thanks, guys. That was Thank you. an amazing first um, episode. I've just been given a note for Phil because this is something that we want to make sure we try and do as much as we can at the Fringe. Um, we'd like everyone to name their backstage hero um, while they're here. And that doesn't necessarily have to be someone who is working backstage on your production, but someone that is like definitely someone that has enabled you to be here who maybe isn't in the front line. Um, that yeah. Sense. yeah. Cool. Does anyone want to go first? Yeah, I will. So I've dedicated my book to the late Philip Osmond, um, who was a playwright and worked at the National Youth Theatre along with uh, Jim Pope, doing setting up socially inclusive theatre. Um, they done a program called Playing Up, which is still oh, yeah. kind of running running to this day. They I set it up. The play. Did you direct play. a play, Playing yeah, Up? Yeah, yeah. yeah nice. last year. It was Did the you? best experience I've ever had in my whole directing career. Yeah, so Playing Up is still going. It's unbelievable. Um, and they yeah. they left MIT and they set up a company called Playing On, yeah. but Playing Up is still going. And I've seen it affect so much change in people. I've seen like it actively change people's lives. Um, and it's a socially inclusive theatre programme but his work him and Jim's work really kind of taught me about kind of a little bit about what was important to me in, in, in trying to make a piece of work so I got a shout out Philip Osman say thanks for all of that mate um, <laughs> and yeah and yeah and that's what I'd say um, I thought I would just want to uh, say the late Linda Bellingham aka the Oxo mom um, his mm. uh, actress and she this is 10 years ago now if not more actually um, but I was I basically was in London I'd moved to London from Leeds had no money didn't understand theatre thought it was full of absolute snobs the project I was working at the time and was just like oh this is so awful and I don't belong here and I'm just never going to make this work and I had just had no money nowhere to live and I was staying in a hostel and, and because I was trying to figure out what to do and Linda Bellingham was in a play that I was working on and she came in and I was just crying one day and I was like oh god I'm so embarrassed and she just absolutely scooped me up and went what's happened and I said oh it's fine I'm just staying in this hostel I'm getting paid £25 a week to assist and as to be an assistant director and I'm just trying to make it work it's fine it's fine because this is what I want to do 
and she was just like, right. And she picked me up and she um, let me stay at her house um, for. And it was just like this really small thing, but she, uh, she, I can't actually it's really emotional, but she, she had like two for two weeks. I stayed. I, she just let me stay, and it just got me back on my feet, and it gave me that kind of thing of going, people will look out for you. And she was just like, you absolutely have to carry on I think you should carry on and then when she was very ill I actually found her email or like 10 this could be years ago now and I met I emailed her and said and I thought I'm gonna do this now because I'd read in the paper she had cancer and was and was ill and I said I just want to say you you might not remember remember me but you did this thing and it absolutely made you know helped me and helped me and now I'm you know I'm not you know running the world but I'm I'm still here and I'm still working in theatre and that 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 was real kindness and she replied and said oh you know she sent this beautiful message which, which i could remember the detail of but basically saying we absolutely you know creativity is the heart of everything and i'm so glad you're so creative and then she died two days later oh. it was very bizarre anyway so linda bellingham that's mine that's, that's, really that's a beautiful story shout out to all the wicked amazing inspirational artistic leaders that have supported like all the time on like certainly since we've got this job and have just been amazing like Indu from the kiln madani like so lynette like some really cool brilliant people and just have been buzzing and excited for us and have just gone call us it's scary it's nuts and we're there so oh, nice, nice. we've got some good people out there but Linda, oh, it's all about Linda. And <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have one? Uh, yeah, it's not really going to compare to Linda Bellingham. No, <laughs> um, uh, my English teacher, my my uh, A level English teacher. I think a lot of English teachers are like unsung heroes. But um, her name's uh, Miss O'Connell, Sheila O'Connell, um, and she. I went to like a, a very religious Catholic school. And she uh, would storm into the classroom, swear, talk about how she thought that a lot of the plays and books by the men that we were studying were a bit bollocks <laughs> and, how, uh, and just gave us loads of stuff by women to read at an all-boys school, which I thought was fantastic at the time and I still do. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Aww. She yeah, sounds cool. Great. She sounds great. Phil, have you got a backstage hero that you want to talk about? Caught me off guard. Sorry. Um... <laughs> I don't necessarily have one backstage hero, but I think I will highlight people who continue to champion uh, inclusivity, representation, and diversity without, throughout the like the theatre community mm-hmm. and the sector. I think we've seen such incredible change in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I think we have seen an, a really great move towards people being aware that um, in order to kind of thrive as a as a community and as an industry we need to be able to um have have representation and share those stories and highlight people and showcase um lots of different people um so all the people who are kind of like working to that and continuing to to work towards that and kind of build those people up yeah that's like my thing absolutely great um I, I had a vaccine hero, which I'm going to say, which is Phil. <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so 
sounds a bit naff at the end of this first episode, but I'll have another one next time. Um, thanks everyone for listening. I'm going to go away and try and trim this down to the original 20 minutes that we planned. Um, <laughs> thank you, and we will be back in a couple of days with another bunch of really great people that we've found on the fringe to talk to. Thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.